Booyah! It's time to get your social media right. Raise those pinkies because in today's episode, we're talking about the top seven social media trends in 2020. Presented by Advertisement. The Duke of Digital will guide you through the rapidly changing landscape of digital marketing, social media, and how to grow your business online. To submit a question for the show, text 323-821-2044 or visit dukeofdigital.com. If you need an expert to fix your ads, the friendly team at Advertise Mint is ready to help. Visit advertisement, that's M-I-N-T, dot com or call 844-236-4686 to grow your business. Here's your host, Brian Miet. All right, we have with us in the studio today, Cyprian Francis. Thank you so much for Thanks, being Brian. here today. Yeah. yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, you are an agency owner. Uh, you're the host of the Cyprian, Cyprian Francis Show. Uh, you're the, you founded and co-founded seven different businesses. Uh, you've worked in finance for a while. Man, it, I, I, you've got so much of a, a background. I'm just really excited to have you here. Did I miss anything? Well, it's it's very broad, um, but what I'm excited about is to be here in Hollywood with you broadcasting because um, I've only been out here for about a year and a half, right? So, like, I'm here to pursue the dream of entertainment and marketing and digital and media and all this, and it's just so exciting to do it here in Hollywood versus, you know, boring Chicago where it's, <laughs> you know, probably like 10 degrees right now. But, yeah, nice. I'm, I'm very excited to be here to talk about Social media, marketing, what else? Oh, I love it. I love it. it. True story. A couple weeks ago, uh, some of the people on our team went in the elevator and were going down, and it stopped on the floor below ours, and Brad Pitt got into the elevator, and they texted me a photo. They're like, dude, we've got to get a photo with you. He's like, yeah, sure, get in here, guys. And they texted me, and they had just walked out the door, and I was like, how does that happen? Ah, oh, you guys didn't, didn't call me. I would have said hi. But yeah, only in Hollywood. Only right? in Hollywood, yeah. They're, they're, everyone's here hustling for business, which is great. So, well, it's great to have you on the show. Um, I wanted to have you here because you had a fantastic blog post that just dropped, uh, was it last week? Yeah, like a couple days ago. Okay, perfect. So you did a broadcast. Uh, a broadcast. Um, you did a, a blog and then you had a podcast on the same topic, which was the top seven social media trends that are going to be happening in 2020 or that people should be aware of that are happening in 2020. And I just, I love the list. And I was like, I want you to be able to come on the show so we can chat through them. That's this right. But it's, it's more than 2020. It's the new decade, oh. right? Right. So like some of these things are going to be a product or a service or a trend for the next 10 years, right? So if you're going to get on a bandwagon, you might as well start in 2020 to, yep. to, to utilize some of these things. Now, before we before we jump into that, I just want to make sure um, that people can find you. Sure. So tell us a little about the agency that you run, how people can connect with you, um, how they can be able to uh, to get in touch with you after they, they listen to this episode. Sure. It, it, you know, just like you, I'm, I'm branded you know, pretty good myself with the with the handles at Cyprian Francis. That's C-Y-P-R-I-A-N Francis. Got it. CyprianFrancis.com, the Instagram, the Twitter, the YouTube, the the TikTok, I, I, which we'll get into. Oh, yeah. But I didn't do that one as myself because I, I have some reservations. Okay. Right. So Ooh. I have like a little alter ego that you can do some risque stuff that isn't really <laughs> my name. Um, Boom, yeah, we just the, went from G <laughs> to PG and we're working our way up the ratings. Right? I love it. 
Um, but yeah, that's pretty. And then, you know, Google, and I'm there, and I'm always interested in talking to new people ab- about things, and you know, particularly entertainment stuff lately, right? Which is why I'm here in Hollywood. Got it. Now you told me a story, yeah. kind of about when you started that you were in, you know, financial, and then you you've worked with, you know, starting a variety of different companies that led kind of to the agency, and a lot of it had to do with kind of the the birth of digital of social that you were, you know, from financial coming kind of to the digital world, you know, can you share a little bit of kind of the backstory that led into that before we jump into the top trends? So when I was in high school, I worked at a country club as a valet. Like that was my hustle. Okay. And and the coolest guys had the Cadillac DeVilles and stuff and they would come in at like noon and they would golf. And I was like, what do you guys do? They were traders. They were all traders at the board of trade. So I was like, this is kind of what I want to do, right? I want to be cool like these guys. So that's where I geared my education. Like I studied finance. I worked on on the floor for a little bit. And then what ended up happening in like 08, 09, all that changed. Like everything went yeah. digital. Nobody was on the floor anymore. And so I still wanted to be involved. And that turned into helping these old school guys develop websites, utilize social media, create campaigns, generate leads, collect credit cards online. They didn't, yep. you know, that wasn't their world. And so that turned into two or three different businesses, small, um, which went went into Forex, which yep. I don't know if people really know what Forex is, but it's the trading of currency, right? So like the dollar versus the euro versus the Aussie versus the pound. And it's just like trading stocks, um, but it was unregulated for a very long time. So we were able to do riskier campaigns, sure. right? To a worldwide audience. And <clears throat> from there, it turned into more entrepreneurial stuff. Um, I really liked the, the takeoff of the startup world, right? In Chicago, Groupon became this huge yeah. thing that like got overvalued and then went public. And the, then I was like, well, maybe you probably need to own a company that goes public to make a lot of money. So yeah. I got into the, the startup world. And then um, I think at the time, Groupon was the fastest growing yeah. company ever on planet Earth. And when it came out, like they were just on a, a skyrocket up. And the the brainchild is a guy named Eric Lefkowski. He's like a, a, a billionaire, but he started like eight companies himself. Like four of them went private. And he started a little VC firm called Lightbank. And okay. under Lightbank, they housed like 30 startups. And we all worked like in this incubator. So it was, it was exciting. So nice. that's, that's where the digital stuff went. Um, but after a while, I, I, I started to create the content. Right, so I picked up camera and I started to create the content to market the product. It really didn't matter what it was, right? Um, because video, as you probably know, as an advertising guy, converts the best yep. online, right? So if you can make good videos, good ads, you'll your marketing will be better. Yep. Yep. So I really liked that, and I was like, maybe I want to do something like that for the rest of my life. Not gonna happen in Chicago. Gotta come out to Hollywood, and so part of the agency is creating our own content. Um, developing some scripted stuff while working the agency side and helping clients and being creative and stuff like that. Got it. Got it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, fantastic background. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, all right. So I wanted to jump into uh, the, the top seven trends sure. that you have uh, that you've listed in social media for 2020. Uh, the first of which was social listening sure. is on the rise. So can you give us a little background into what is social listening, why should people be aware of it, and how does it work? Well, social listening is basically 
taking the information that your fans or your consumers are putting into the social sphere, into the internet, and, and gaining information from it. So um, the good and the bad, right? So um, one of the examples that, that I used was, um, you know, imagine uh, like Taco Bell releasing a new burrito or something, okay. and, they, and they give it a, a weird name, right? That, that offends the Latin community, yeah. right? Well, I think actually yesterday, they just killed the peanut, Mr. Peanut. Really? Did you hear about this? No. I mean, so they're getting a lot. The the planters peanut guy. Okay. They it's just like a they classic. Ju- yeah, he's a classic. He's been around for I think like 60, 70 years. Wow. They just did a pre Super Bowl ad where he drives off a cliff, and there's there's a bunch of guys hanging on a on a branch, and they he goes, and they're like, no. And that's and then they're like, stay tuned for what will happen at the and so at the Super Bowl. The decision yeah. to, to cancel that was probably when they released it on Twitter or Facebook or something. All the comments, yeah. or at least more than fifty percent, are negative, which is that's listening, right? And, yeah, and making decisions from what the people are telling you. Now it it's more beneficial for bigger brands that have audiences. For the smaller ones, it's maybe not as helpful because you don't have the data, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we're going to pause here for a second. Man, my computer crashed twice. Hold on. So the whole list I have, can you ask Courtney real quick to just print out my papers? Um, I don't know what's going on, but it crashed twice. It's never happened before. I just want to make sure I have the rest of those lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need that. I've got the spinning wheel of death. I was like, oh man, I'm going to be able to make it one to two down. (laughs) Hey, I could probably try to remember a couple. That's the third crash. That's not a good sign. The computer? Yeah. You might just need an update. She's on it? Uh, for the episode. I don't know. It just, it it's restarted three times today. So I was like, oh, shoot, let me do it again. And then it just, it keeps crashing and crashing. So mark uh, where it's at on there so we can cut that all out and then we'll get started again. Cool. Sorry about that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It happens, yeah. man. I've been on your side plenty of times, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I was like, I was sitting there and I had the whole list there, and it's all, and I was like, uh, that's not, that's not a good thing. Uh, cancel. Yeah, that kind of kills the mojo. Yeah, we were rocking. We were rocking. Yeah, I know. Let's see what it says here. I could try to upload it again, but it's probably a good thing to have those backups. Well, look, we got the uh, the background stuff out, so that's good. <laughs> we can just that's it. We're cruising along. I so I, you, you talked about um, social listening, and then I can jump in, and then we'll keep rolling. Yeah, right yeah, from yeah there. that's a good cut point. Man, sorry about that. I was just like, I've been on that. Look, I yeah. I was like, oh man. Uh, so it did it once, and while you were talking, I just I logged in. The, I started restarted the computer, logged it back up. I was like, "Oh, we're gonna make it through this. Like it's no big deal." Yeah. And then I was about to ask. I was going down the list, and then it's all again. I was like, "All right, something's happening." Bom ba boom. I need a better example. Fucking Taco Bell shit. Well, I'm glad you guys get going at eight a.m. Like, yeah, we try to in L.A. Don't fucking stop. There we go. Thank you, Courtney. She's out there in there right now. 
8 a.m. every day? Uh, yeah, we do it every day, Monday to Friday. So we, uh, we've been pushing hard to, to get more podcast episodes out. And, and All right, just well, if I got people for you, I'll send them your way. Yeah, yeah, if you know of anyone that's, uh, that's interested or um, has got something going on or something that's happened, like, in the, I mean, we, we talk a lot about digital, social sure. media, uh, e-commerce, uh, you know, advertising. That's kind of the world that we try to. Yeah, well, if you ever get dry, you know, let me know. Nice. I, I got, cool. like, a solid 10. Well, keep them can... coming. Yeah, I mean, Courtney is the one that does all the booking. Um, so she's always on the hunt and we're reaching out to a lot of people and then other people get referred to us. So for sure, it's something that we're always well, you know. on the lookout for. Beautiful. Thank you so much. All right. So if this crashes again, I'm, I'm back in. All right. So we're going to finish up. He was just talking about social media, uh, listening. He finished with, you finished with, uh, the, uh, example peanut, about Taco Bill. We were talking about the peanut, uh, and then I'm going to jump back in. All right. So I'll give you a three, two, one. Yeah, you know, it is really important, I think, that how brands are now listening much, much more. I think that there's a conversation that's happening around the world, and this is now much more of a priority over things like email or, you know, um, let's say like phone, even someone picking up the phone. And I would say a great example of this that I see numerous times is with airlines. Okay. You know, if someone misses a flight or they're, you know, they're delayed or something, I will see my friends whine and complain on social media and put in, hey, Delta Airlines, your planes are delayed 15 minutes. This is unacceptable. Like, and I'm like, what is happening? But yeah, they're not calling a number. They're not um, you know, sending an email to support. They're like, I want to tell everyone that this is a problem and you should fix it. And I mean, to some extent, that now becomes an even greater problem because if you can't address um, what your your customers are saying about your your company it becomes a problem so you need to be able to have tools to listen you need to sure. be able to have tools to be able to respond um and i think that there's a lot uh, you know in the article you mentioned a couple of the tools that you know people should be using or available for people to use um you know and I, i'll kind of run through these sure. and you're welcome to jump in if you want uh awario.com uh, is meant for you know social monitoring being able to, to keep tabs um, on specific keywords, uh, Agorapulse, which is social media management, TweetDeck, uh, which you utilize to help organize hashtags, Brandwatch, uh, which are tools to be able to help track your brand health, um, which I think is fantastic, Keyhole for hashtag analytics, Hootsuite, and Sprout Social for social media management. Sure. Yeah, so uh, my biggest, the, the, the three that I use the most are TweetDeck. Right? Yep. TweetDeck is free, so anyone can use TweetDeck. And if you have multiple brands or handles, it's yep. very good for organizing that. And then the hashtag organization as well. Like you could layer it up with like 10 hashtags that are either directly related to your brand yep. or a similar keyword. So it, it, it's also utilizing the UGC content, right? Like if someone says something really funny with the right hashtag and you retweet it, that, that, that virality can, can really blow up in your favor and yep. you don't even know it. Um, and then Sprout Social is really good um, for similar Twitter stuff, right? So I think there's more yep. Twitter social listening than than any other tool. Mm -hmm. um, for Facebook, probably just the comments, right? Someone needs to be aware of, of those and monitoring those. Yep. Um, but a lot of them are still evolving, these softwares, right? Because this is becoming a, a, a thing in, in marketing. So 
Um, I don't know who the leader is, uh, but they all kind of do their own thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I would advise people to generally you know, tinker around with these and because everyone will have different options, different features, different um, kind of tools that they build and create. And a lot of times I'll use two very similar services because one's got uh, a single feature that I'm like, that is really powerful and I don't want to spend time trying to build it on my own, but I need the ability to do this one thing. Um, and so I, I'd recommend, you know, tinkering around with them and playing a bit. And it's just, there's so much power. Like once you get in there, I remember the first time I opened TweetDeck, was, was, they've been around for a while, yeah. but, and to get in there and drop in some hashtags and it's like, you start to see the amount of volume that's coming through on certain things. And you're like, Whoa, like, all right, I got to get in on this. Uh, this is, there's a lot of people talking about this one topic or this, uh, one specific hashtag or things that are trending. Um, it's just crazy when you see the amount of volume that goes through this. Um, I don't know. I, I've always been impressed when, when you start to see the volume behind it. Sure. Um, all right. Number two, uh, social media transfer 2020, you list TikTok. That's right. Oh, all right. Are, are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. Uh, I spend way more time watching TikTok than I do posting right. it. Um, I just have a good time. It's, it's, uh, light, it's fun. It's, uh, I can kind of go down the rabbit holes if I see something that's funny and I'm like, oh, it makes me laugh and I'll watch other people do the same sort of thing. Which and is, I think, the coolest part about TikTok is these like viral clips yeah. that then everyone reenacts themselves yep. and then that becomes like a category. Like you could just see that one audio clip reenacted by like a thousand people. Yep. And I think those are the ones that go the most viral, right? Yeah. Like, um... What else? Let's see. The filters, right? Yep. They got the AI filters, mm -hmm. which I don't really see utilized that well, but it's legit with the 3D yep. molding and you can turn yourself into a dinosaur. I think they've done a good job with a lot of their creative tools for allowing people to be able to, to create a lot of these videos. And I always loved Vine. I was the biggest fan of Vine and I would, I had like a, a, I would save all the videos that would make me laugh. Yeah. Like just really good ones. And whenever there were times I have a bad day, I'd go back into Vine and be like, let me watch all these saved videos. And I just, you know, in 10 minutes, I'd be walking out smiling and being like, all right, let's keep going. Every, everyone I ask, I'm like, oh, are you? And these are like actors. And they're, I'm mm -hmm. like, are you on TikTok? They're like, no, but I liked Vine. I loved Vine. I'm like, it's the same. It's the same thing. thing. Yeah, It's yeah. better, right? Yeah. Like, I do think it's better than Vine. Yeah. My only concern with TikTok in general is that it's like a Chinese company, right? <laughs> and that's like a big thing, right? So you never know what the data is it legit, right? Like the payouts, things like that, right? I just wonder if, <laughs> if in China right now, like there's someone that's like, man, we love Instagram, but you never know about the data. Like, do they say the same thing? They have to. That we, yeah, I've always <laughs> wondered. They're over there being like, hey. Um, but no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of TikTok. I mean, some of the things that you mentioned in the article is, you know, it's, it's generally known as being a platform for, you know, individuals under 35, sure. which Instagram was a, a, I mean, Facebook when it started was that same audience. Uh, Instagram was the same audience when it started and they kind of grow and, and blossom and eventually become these big, big um, platforms. But I mean, you had it that there's 500 million um, active users, uh, daily active users on on TikTok, which is a huge number. I mean, that's like 7% of people on planet Earth. Um, which I don't is, know if those numbers are legit, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> counting them one by one, but that's what they put out um, in their in their documents. But you know, it is crazy. I mean, it's definitely growing. Uh, you know, I see way more celebrities now kind of jumping on board. 
trying to get on with that. Um, a, a lot more people, like Gary V. Every time I've seen him speak, he's like TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Which to some extent, it's true. It, it is now like Instagram was when it first started, which is if you can get in on that and ride that wave up, um, you've got potential to to be a much much bigger influencer than someone that's not paying attention and lets it get you know get by them before it gets crowded. I'm interested in the music component too because mm -hmm. they have mainstream songs and yep. artists and do they pay for those rights, right? Like I, I'm I'm really curious about how that works be, but but the virality of some of those helps the artists, Man, you know. You, what's crazy is there was last weekend I went on to Spotify and I was like, "Hey, I haven't done this in a while." And I was like, "Here it's like the top all-time songs, right?" And I start going down this. I haven't listened to it in probably a couple months or, you know, whatever. I'll jump in the playlist. And they start going through and playing them in order. And of the top 10 songs, seven of them, I was like, oh, that's TikTok. I hear that song everywhere on TikTok. Like, I, I don't hear it on the radio. I don't hear anywhere else. But I was like, oh, I've heard that song 500 times on TikTok because they do this one dance to it. And so I don't know if that's the reason it's there is because of TikTok or – they did it first and then it became popular on TikTok. Like, I don't know if the, the, the chicken and egg and how that works, but it is fascinating to see, like to go through that and be like, man, seven of these top 10 songs all have a skit or a dance or something dance. that people will do to this song. And they'll do it again and again and again and repeat it again. And I'm like, it's incredible to me. It's the dancing too, yeah. right? Like the very simple ones, uh, yeah, right? totally. And then the girl just turns around. Yeah. 500,000 views. That's there it. you go. Yeah. Take it. No, it, it's surprisingly <laughs> fun to watch. It doesn't, you know, I, I think the thing that I love most about TikTok is it's not, um, it's not, it doesn't seem overly scripted. It doesn't seem like people are trying. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to do something fun and here's my take on it. And I think just the process of watching different people do that same thing again and again is fun and entertaining. Kind of like reality show, but. It's not like only certain people are cast. It's anyone can get in on that. And I think that's what makes it kind of fun is you could watch a mom do it. You could watch a kid do it. You know, you can watch uh, a cheerleading team do it. You can watch an actor do it. Like all these different people are doing the exact same thing, which brings together an element of connectedness. Uh, some of the other viral ones are like parents or relatives, mm -hmm. like, the, like the super Boston dad, yep, right? Yep. Like, hey, dad, say something, right? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's fascinating. So if you haven't played, if you haven't gotten on TikTok, you probably should. Um, and, and you know, Gary Vee's all about start putting out content, trying to get in on some of the the challenges or the dances and, and start to get in there and just do them on your own and, and get into the, the conversation. Um, there are the options to run ads on TikTok, but it's still very limited yeah, right I now. I think it's just that, like, the only ones I've seen is, like, that splash page yep. that you hit, right? But Yeah, it's still only at the kind of the beginning that they'll show totally. them. Um, and it either links to a website or you can link them to a profile. Um, and it's all charged on a CPM basis. Very similar kind of Snapchat or Instagram when they first launched. It'll evolve for sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine that'll that'll change very much in the next couple of years. All right, number three of uh, of top social media trends stories yeah you you're bullish on stories you it's it's very similar to the TikTok, right mm -hmm. it, in that when you're on TikTok, you go up right your swipe is up it's still vertical content yep. but you're swiping up and you like something maybe you watch it if you don't you keep scrolling stories is very similar in that you just tap right yep. you like something you let it flow right so in my mind it's starting to become like 
an entertainment portal yep. in vertical form that's UGC, generated by people that you like, your friends, things like that. And because it's on Facebook, the advertising capabilities on yeah. there are incredible, yep. right? Very cost effective, right? You can drive traffic. So um, very, very bullish. Yeah. The things that I love about stories, and I've always loved it from you know the beginning of Snapchat, um, is when it was vertical. It took up the whole phone. It was a different format, you know, not on the side. Um, so it was kind of different and unique. Um, I love that it had a time-sensitive component to yes. it, which was if you don't watch this within 24 hours, it's gone. And I think that creates a very sort of uh, I don't know, addiction or a need to check on something again and again of did my the people that I follow, did they do something else? And, and I also think it, it brings together like a, a, um, an element of like you're with someone, yes. right? Like, you know, Kim Kardashian's, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian, I was at a concert uh, for Jay-Z and Beyonce and Kim Kardashian walked by right next to me. We were down in the, like the open area. And I go, as I'm home that night, I'm opening the stories and she's there doing all of her stuff. And I was like, that's awesome. But whether I'm there, whether I'm in New York or somewhere around the world, you feel like you're kind of side by side. You get that insider look into a person's life. You have the ability to talk with them. I just think that adds an element that is more real than a lot of times that here's, I'm going to take 500 selfies and post the, the perfect one up. And people think that that's what my life is all the time. I think stories have a more kind of realistic element to them. Totally. And they have some of the similar components to TikTok with the filters yep. and graphics yep. and GIFs and things like that. So it makes the content uh, unique, right? Like it could be a selfie. One, uh, the, the first story, the second one could be a graphic of some sort. The yep. third one could be music. Um, I really like when they, on stories, when they created the categories that you could save your stories yes. in yep. because whenever I meet someone new and I start following them, I like to just go through the categories, right? Like living in LA, my trip here, yep. Comic-Con that, yep. right? And so it summarizes things for me. You know, what I think is fascinating is, you know, when I, um, you know, look at other companies to work with or a lot of times do um, necessarily like interviews or I'm doing research on someone, the first place, even more than LinkedIn, the first place that I generally go to look, it will be on Instagram. And I'll be like, let me, cause I can visually see what is this person all about sure. in you know 10 seconds. I can scroll through newsfeed and then from there I go into the stories and I can very quickly click through and be like, oh, they were in Hawaii. Oh, they did this. And I feel like I then have the ability to connect with person. Cause I'm like, I know about your life in a visual sense, in a very quick, short period of time, I have things that I can relate with you or talk with you about and, and go from there. And I've always loved that. Uh, it's always where I start when I, when I do my homework. So it shows the importance of yeah. branding yourself yeah. well on Instagram, no matter your niche. Right. Yeah. So like I meet a lot of actors that don't have good Instagrams and I'm like, like no one's going to hire you because they're going to go look at your Instagram yep. and it needs to be legit. Right. Yeah. So whether you're politician or all that, it's very, very important. And 2020, it's only going to be important for the next decade. Oh, like. it's so true. Instagram <laughs> is the new resume. Um, it's funny. Yesterday, I had a conversation with an individual that works for a celebrity that most people would know by name. Uh, if I were to put up a photo of her, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Um, and she was talking about how she lost a role 
because, and she's well known, and they were just like, we don't think you have enough social media following. Like you're, you're beautiful, you're talented, you've got a great resume, but your social media following isn't enough. And if there's someone that's similar and they've got, you know, 2 million views and you have 200,000, we're gonna go with that option because we know that that person can promote the movie and help it go. And it blew her away because she's like, all my life I've focused on being a wonderful and a talented actress. And she's like, now it, was, it wasn't about that. It was, what do I have in my arsenal that I can be able to use to help promote the movie? Um, and that's when you know my friend was hired and brought on and they started doing a lot more. But it's just crazy that even at the highest levels of, of entertainment, you know, you've done everything right, you still need to be um, promoting yourself. You need to be able to have those tools and those accounts that uh, basically your microphone, you need to always be growing your microphone. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of these people that struggle with this are afraid to use the advertising mm -hmm. in Facebook. When in reality, you don't even have to spend that much money. No. Like a dollar a day will get you a thousand views, yeah. right? And so, you know, you promote it to the right people in the right location with the right ad. And over time, you solve that problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy because I think what people don't understand is you have the ability to 100% control the narrative of what you say to who you want to say it to. Meaning your exact audience, the people that love you the most, you could pay and ensure that every one of those eyeballs would see whatever you were talking about instantly every single day. And it's just so powerful. And a lot of people don't realize that or they think, oh, well, I should just be popular and I shouldn't put money behind it. But 100%, you have just an incredible tool to be able to make anything that you want to happen, happen. And I, it's interesting how you said Instagram, even though there's a Facebook stories, but who watches Facebook stories, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, don't know the, I don't know the numbers behind it. I mean, the, the process of stories was, you know, Snapchat had it first, Instagram borrowed it from right. Snapchat. Um, and, you know, we were in uh, Facebook's offices and they, were, they got up on stage and they were like, Instagram stories is the fastest growing product we've built or that we have in face in anything we've ever built inside of Facebook, all the different tools or features or anything. When we launched stories on Instagram, the, the usage of people behind that was incredible. And I think because of that, they just rolled it out onto Facebook thinking it's the same sort of thing. But to some extent, I would agree with you. Like I don't remember the last time I watched a story on Facebook, even though it's the exact same thing. Um, I just generally watch them on Instagram. That's where I consider where they're at. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, uh, moving on. Uh, next trend, uh, live. Going yeah. live. All right. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the reason that's on the list is basically because of the algorithm, I think. Yep. Um, in that when you go live with a certain amount of audience for a certain amount of time, you start to pop up in feeds because yep. you know Facebook's really trying to break into video and and the and the and live is a good way to do that. I don't know if Facebook is better than Instagram, but I mean Instagram has a live, so we could cover a lot of the same things we just talked about yep. of the value of that. Um, but it's no different than like television. If you you know if someone's broadcasting a good live event, people are going to watch it. So um, for those that aren't utilizing it start to maybe think about how you can yep. right you know we probably could have done this live if we really wanted to mm -hmm. um but there's there's great value in it oh yeah it's it's incredible to think how far live has come and and where i think it'll go um you know facebook is interesting you know when when you first when it first came out you'd go live and it would appear 
instantly at the top of your feed. So, I mean, they put a lot of, of push behind it. And I don't necessarily see it that much anymore sure. of, of live videos appearing <laughs> on Facebook. Instagram, on the other hand, when you go live on Instagram, right to the top, that's it. They alert you. It's right there. Um, and so, I mean, if in, in a world that's very noisy, the fastest way to get in front of everyone in that line is by going live, um, for sure. What's, what's interesting is we've been working a lot with Amazon, and Amazon has a new program that they've been launching for live. That they're trying, uh, they're putting a lot behind it um, to be able to kind of make it kind of like a QVC sort of, okay. where any person that's selling products on Amazon could be able to go live and talk about the product, show how it works, things like that, which is fascinating, but I've never... And I'm on Amazon probably every day picking something up or buying something. I've never seen it promoted. Like there's nowhere on the site where it's like, hey, this is where you go to watch or, or, or here's a live video or something that right. is relatable to a product that you care about. I've just never seen them put it on to the site somewhere yet, which at some point they probably will. They're, they're busy building they're, all that other they're stuff. They're busy counting all their money. <laughs> they're in the back room like – a giant, uh, a giant vault like Scrooge McDuck. And like, yeah, look at all this money. The one thing that's always kind of turned me off from going live yep. is like when I'll do it and there's like five people. And I'm like, oh, should I just keep doing this for the five people? Is it going to grow? Yep. Right. So like I, I think that's something that, that, that new live users need to overcome and maybe come up with a strategy for going live like at a specific time yep. with a specific person for a specific thing. Um, I do think that is really important. And the other thing to remember as well is even in that scenario, you know, if you're going live and you're like, oh, it's five people and, you know, everyone wants tons of people to be like, hey, we're all jumping on that. Um, the video does stay up. And a lot of times they can still get videos afterwards. Totally. So all videos are saved, uh, which is important to remember. And, and while there may only be five people there while you're doing it, by the time, you know, a month rolls by, you could have a lot more views than that. And the live component is going to change uh, in the future as well because of some of the crazy things that happen when things are live. Yeah. Right. Which isn't what we're promoting, but that's just the reality of life. Like if something crazy is happening, you can make it go live yep. and it's real time data with the world. For know. sure. And I think the example of that, that that caught my attention the most was the Chewbacca mom, okay. which is the lady that put on oh, the yeah. mask and it was like a Chewbacca face. You open the mouth, they'd go this. She, I think she went live on Facebook and was just and was there talking to me like check out this mat and she was just busting up laughing. That was it. You know, just honest, fun. Uh, she was just like, "This is incredible. Watch it makes a noise when I open the mouth and did that for a couple minutes." And from that, people started sharing it. And just like I don't, when she probably started, there was probably five people. They were like, "Hey, check this out." But yeah. then people were like, "Oh, you got to get in on this." Uh, and then they were commenting and joking around. And then from there, she ended up getting on the Ellen show. And totally. Um, it's just crazy. It just resonated when someone was just being their honest, genuine self. So I, I do think live, um, I I would expect live to continue to grow quite a bit. Um, and I'm just fascinated by that because 20 years ago, if, I mean, 10 years, five years ago, if you wanted to go live, you had to go into like a television station that had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment. Um, and to be able to, now you can do it from your phone at any point in time to everyone on planet earth. Uh, if it's a topic that they care about, it's just so incredible to me. And I wouldn't be surprised if Facebook's trying to find some advertising thing to put on to live, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't think you can advertise on live. I think that you can, um, once the video is done, yeah. then they, when they reshow it, sure. then there's pre-roll videos or things like that that come through. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, they'll, of course, they'll find a way to yeah. throw ads on that. Um, all right, next up, micro-influencers. 
Um, this is a trend. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so everyone knows what an influencer is, but they're starting to become too big and not, not as impactful, right? So when brands cut these deals with influencers to do these posts and things like that, they're not getting the ROI that they expect. So we recommend to brands to find micro influencers, right? Like, you know, people that spe specialize in cooking, but maybe not just cooking, maybe like cooking tacos, right? You know, yep. or fitness and fitness of, you know, um, I don't know, the abs or something. I don't know, but, but it, you're going to get more bang for your buck. And these, these micro influencers, um, I don't know, maybe like 3000 to like 10,000 followers will probably be cheaper and you'll you'll get more bang for your buck and um you know they're open and they're creative and maybe there's more than just posting something maybe you can work together right yep. um those are my thoughts no i love it i love it you know i've i've had and it's funny uh, we mentioned kardashians earlier i had a conversation with someone that we were talking about the brand and they're like well we just had one of the kardashians uh promote us on on uh instagram we had to deal with them uh an influencer deal and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Hey, congratulations. That's great. I'm sure things are great. How was the ROI? And man, the look on her face was like, uh, uh, let's change the subject. Like you could just tell someone had a great idea of let's get a Kardashian to back us up. And with the amount that they paid versus how much came through from sales. And that's generally the problem with influencers is they get big, they can get agents, they can get contracts. They're like, well, hey, this is what we want. And they get to call the shots on who they really want to work with. And that's the the pro of micro influencers is they're generally influencers with what like 10,000 uh, 50,000 is that sure. kind of the range sure but, I, but I've seen some very impactful like 3,000 5,000 people yes. right yes and I think that's where it, it kind of comes from is now you have these people that are in the process of growing sure but they're open to working with you or they're more involved with a highly specific niche uh, that's very closely aligned with your business and so a lot of times you can create these deals with these type of people, um, which is perfectly aligned where they aren't necessarily a spokesperson, but they can talk about your products and they've got people that care about what they're talking about. Um, and it's a fantastic way to see a really good return on investment from what you paid versus what you're able to generate or grow your business through. And it probably is more than just an Instagram post, right? Like you can have yes. some sort of a broad agreement where they represent rep or they, they help explain the brand or the product to the public and like i'm you know i'm surprised i'm not seeing more of it on TikTok to be honest yeah. right which uh, it'll be I'm it'll, sure it'll, it'll, be, it'll there be there for yeah. sure uh what i think is crazy is you know a lot of times we'll utilize um influencer content when they post something up but we'll have contracts in place where we actually use that for our paid ads uh and it performs very very well so you know while they may do it and it goes out to their followers once we can take that same content and be able to utilize it and repurpose it and get it to a, a much, much larger audience uh, and be able to kind of leverage some of that social clout. Um, and someone that a lot, most of the time, you know, I'll be honest, influencer content doesn't really feel like an ad. It feels like someone just generally talking about, it. you know, sometimes it can be a little over the top. Um, but for the most part, it's generally pretty authentic and influencers are happy to get deals and want to want to do that to be able to grow. Um, so I just, I, I find it fascinating that, you know, we see really good results with that when we use it for paid media. When it doesn't feel like an ad, yeah. I think oh, yeah. that I think that's that hits it spot on. Yep. Um, yep. Um, so I mean, there's a couple of tools for people listening. Um, you know, there's Heartbeat or Grin uh, that are great tools for for influencer management. Um, I think that you mentioned in your article, and then there's 
There's also um, a company called Obvious.ly, L-Y, uh, which is meant for nano influencers. Wow. So, I mean, that's those are kind of like super micro influencers, which is, you know, below 10,000. So these are people that are just starting out, but I you fall know, into that category. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not after this podcast, everyone go follow them. Let's get them out. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's just crazy that there are these kind of segments that allow businesses to be able to find the right people that are talking about, you know, their, their genre or their niche and be able to get them involved with their companies. And the way that the tools work is as an influencer, you sign up and you kind of build a, build a profile. Yep. And then as a brand, you go in there and you create a campaign and then you kind of have a database of yep. who to work with and their prices and stuff. So there's a process or you could just slide in their DM, right? And yeah. try and cut a deal <laughs> right it. there too. That is true. Both <laughs> of those work. Um, all right. Next up, uh, we've got two more to go. Podcasting, woohoo! Sure, that's us right now you're on board. That's with that it. One. I'm on board. I I've drank the Kool Aid and gone in 100. percent What are your thoughts on podcasting? So the, the 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 moment that it converted for me was when Gary V did the Anchor thing, right? You know, mm -hmm. Anchor the 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 software for podcasting. Okay, yep. It just got purchased by Spotify, um, but it's very easy to. Produce. This is anchor.fm. Anchor.fm, okay, yep. right? And it helps distribute to all of it. And he did like a video or something where he was like, "Why it's so easy to start your own podcast. You just have to download this app and hit record and you can have a podcast. And I was like, well, let's do it. I, I like to ramble and talk about things. It's good for promotion. Um, it's cool to be on Spotify. It's cool to be on iTunes, right? I'm not like a musician or something, but yeah. it, it's a channel. And it's becoming more and more popular um, in the mainstream, right? Especially here in LA, people are driving for like an hour, right? And yep. I hear people, you know, wanting podcasts and things. So um, very highly recommended for a brand, for a personality, find a topic similar to the niches in, in the, the micro-influencers yep. and, you know, produce content. You know, it does amaze me because, you know, podcasting has been around for a while, 10, 15 years sure. now. I mean, I feel like it's been out for a while. But the level of quality and the level of content that I'm like, oh man, this is really good. Like I loved audiobooks back, you know, for most of my life because um, I could listen to them while I was driving. Sure. So I kind of was able to do two things at the same time. And the books that I found the most fascinating would be autobiographies, which are generally people telling, here's the story of how I got from sure. nothing to becoming the, you know, the senator or president or things, you know, celebrities. Um, and I find podcasting very similar where a lot of times you're able to kind of get glimpses into the journey, uh, which I find incredibly you know, entertaining and fun, um, as well as some of the content that's being produced, like some of the murder mysteries yeah. or the shows kind of go back to like early radio where, you know, there wasn't visuals and they had to find ways to really hold attention. And I just find myself so fascinated. I'll get friends with like, you have to listen to this one. And I'll be in, you know, 15 minutes and I'm like, oh, I'm hooked. I got to get all the way to the end. Like, I have to know what happens. Um, and it's just really, it's really interesting to see how much it's kind of grown. Because <clears throat> to some extent, I would think radio for me, from my end, I feel like radio is dead. Yeah. But not spoken word or people listening to things. I just think radio as a whole, people don't go to the internet. You know, they listen to radio because it's in their cars. Right. But now that they have, you know, with the internet and the rise of other stuff, they're, it's easy to listen to something else. And I think radio is on its way out. Um, but I don't think people are going to stop listening to audio content. 
And that's where podcasting is kind of taking its place and is growing because I get to pick and choose very much like Netflix, what I want to listen to, when I want to listen to, which you can't do with radio. Radio's programmed. You have to wait. You have to be at the right place at the right time. And I just, I don't really watch much content that's like that anymore. I, I want what I want when I want it. Um, and podcasting just fits right into that. And if and if you want to learn something or you want to pick up a new skill, I like the niches and like the the expertise, yeah. right? Like I, I followed a podcast last week about film producing. Mm-hmm. Like that's all this guy talks about is film producing. And that's things that I want to learn about in 15 to 20 minute, minute segments throughout the week, yeah. right? Um, but you can do that for cooking, with kids, uh, politics, all of that. Yeah, yeah. And that is fascinating because... You know, to some extent, you know, people want to learn. They want to learn from the best. They want to learn from people who are experts in the industry. And now is a way where, you know, there as more and more content. And I would agree. I don't think podcasting is going to slow down anytime soon. Um, I think it will continue to grow. I think more people will begin to kind of, you know, do it or set up podcasts or, you know, audio formats where people can come and learn from it. Um, and for me, I just think it's exciting because there's quite a few that I follow and, you know, to be able to just get little glimpses uh, is so valuable for me. And to some extent, there's no cost for it other than time. And and uh, podcasts on Spotify, that's like only been around for like a year, it's, right? It's really new, yeah. yeah they so. started to really push it in. And I've, I, I heard a couple reports, but the numbers from that were really, really good. Where Spotify got in and started to put that in there, it was traditionally just music. Um, and now... What's crazy, I use Spotify so much for music and it's easy. That's I listened to your podcast through Spotify. That's where I went in and grabbed it really quick and was listening to a couple different episodes um, before the show today. I mean, that's just crazy to think of now I'm not going through my podcast app. I'm just going right to Spotify to be able to pick it up. And as a music user consumer, yeah. I've always been a Spotify guy, right? Like I like the algorithms. I like the discovery. Yeah. And they probably have a lot of data that over time will they'll start to show you things that might interest you based on what you're listening to. I mean, yep. that's kind of cool. Like you don't have to go searching for it, yep. um, but you can. Um, but but Spotify is definitely my my source of, uh, of podcasting. I love it. I love it. So podcasting. If you don't have one, you can get one set up at Anchor.fm. Uh, that one's for free. I think we use uh, Buzzsprout for yeah. us here, uh, which is one of the more popular ones, but it does cost. Uh, and surprisingly enough, as we upload more stuff, there's always little extra fees that come popping up. Hey, they're so hustling. They're hustling. I'm <laughs> like, hey, you guys are going to be hanging out with uh, with Amazon soon you with all that money. Um, okay, last trend for social media in 2020, and I like this one a lot, humor. Sure. What, so, t- talk us through that. So, you know, because social media is now this new new entertainment vertical, mm-hmm. right, it's, it's interesting to see certain brands – uh, incorporate humor into their content, right? Like I think Burger King does a really good job where they're always like roasting McDonald's, yep. right? Like, you know, with images yeah. and memes and, and, and things and consumers catch on to that, yep. right? But like any brand can do that. Um, and I think it just kind of helps uh, refine the content. It helps it stick it out, helps it make it become more viral. And, and that's the, the value in social is like the things that people like are the things that are going to take off. And yeah. People like humor, right? Oh, it's so true. I think, you know, they won an award um, they, because they created a campaign where if you were within like 100 feet of McDonald's, you would get a coupon code sent to you for a one, a one cent Whopper that you could get and go show. But the only way to get that was to go within a McDonald's and then leave, 
which is just so fascinating of our advertising campaign is trying to get people to leave McDonald's and come to Burger King. Um, and I loved it. I was like, oh, it's beautiful, beautiful campaign. Um, but I think in, in regards to humor, it's so true because I, I, we see this all the time with paid ads. You know, so many people approach advertising from kind of the old school approach of before the internet. I need to just put up a billboard or I need to create a graphic and just put it in front of someone and show it a thousand times and eventually they'll do what I want. And that is the worst thing you can do. And those, you know, Facebook charges you the most amount of money for that. Um, but when you can make someone laugh or smile or have an emotion, you know, that just, they stick around for that. And there's so much content. I think if you can create uh, a little moment in someone's life where they smile and like, oh, it's great. Uh, for me, it's always been the Super Bowl. Like, I love the Super Bowl for the ads. Like I'll mute it during the game and go get food. And then I'll come back and be like, here we go. And I'll sit down and watch the ads. And I love it because there are little moments of I'm like, I feel like they went the extra mile to try to entertain me during this process. And I've always just enjoyed watching the ads over the Super Bowl. And those, But those are very high production values. Mm -hmm. A lot of people involved. You can be just as humorous yes. in, in day to day text. Yes. Right. And, and I think that's where uh, the value in having an agency help you with your social or um, hiring creative people to run that. Right. But there's some, you know, there's some rough patches there because some things are a little too risque that go over the, you know, yep. across the line that get you in trouble. But like, you know, that's the name of the game. Oh, like. for sure. <laughs> for sure. And I think it's true that, you know, there's, there can be humor with, you know, just on the basic levels. I mean, even using some of the story formats, the filters, film something about it has to do with your business and use that for an ad a lot. It feels so genuine and so unlike a traditional ad that people a lot of times will stop and watch it and pay attention. So I just, I couldn't agree more with the humor element, um, especially in social. I mean, it's had a rocky last couple of years, a lot up and down, lots of people. I mean, there's always been people kind of fighting and attacking, but um, you know, lots of argument divisions and things of politics are crazy. And, I think if you can just take a minute to make people smile, to make people laugh, I think that will go a long way with someone being like, like thank you for that. It just puts that little goodwill in the little piggy bank um, in relationship with your company and the, and the consumer. And you, if you have a boring product or a boring service, right, this is a way to yeah. get out of that box, yep. right, and, and find new new customers and, and audiences and things like that. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for being on the show. Any, you know, as we kind of close down uh, the show today, any fi final or last thoughts of uh, advice or tips that you would give for, for business owners out there in relation to social media? Well, um, I mean, I don't want to be like an advocate of TikTok, but like uh, people are somehow scared of it. But but I would say go on there and check it out. Um, grab a handle before someone else takes your handle <laughs> that's because a, that's a big problem. Someone took mine. <laughs> uh, someone got mine. I was like, no. Right. That's that's uh, um, and and then uh, don't be afraid to try these tools out. Right. Like yeah. they're there to help. Um, uh, create, make the process uh, a little bit easier. And if you do it right, you can generate revenue. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then if, if you don't have an agency, right, holla at your boy over here, or holla at your boy over here, <laughs> we, can, we can help you out. Do it, hit us up. <laughs> hit us up on TikTok or any of the other places. We'll, uh, we'll take care of you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cyprian, for being on the show today. Um, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Duke of Digital podcast with Brian Meert. Want to network with other business owners? 
Join our exclusive group at facebook.com slash groups slash Duke of Digital. Fancy the Duke? Leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and you could be mentioned on the show. The Duke of Digital was produced by Advertise Mint and recorded in Hollywood, California.